describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Best of July, 1983. Okay. 40 years ago today. 40. This was the number one song. And I'm going to give you a hint. What a feeling? No. Oh, it's changed for once. Yes. Oh. I was about to give you a hint. Okay. Hold on. You're I, like... I got to clap for that because it's not no. what a feeling. That's right. No. That is a good hint, though. It's not what a feeling. <laughs> so you're a fan. I am a fan. That's, I'm going to give you another clue, too. This band played the Tangerine Bowl. They're starting a tour in a few days in 1983. Right. They're starting a big North American tour. In the fall, they're going to end up playing the Tangerine Bowl. Were you down, you, were you down here in 1980? You were still up? Yes, yeah, okay. up in New York. I would have checked to see where they played up there. I'm sure they've obviously played somewhere up there. Down here, they played the Tangerine Bowl, which is now the Citrus Bowl. Or no. Camping camp World, whatever. Exactly. So uh, that's the only clues you got. Okay. So it's a big band because it's a stadium tour. Oh, you're, that, yeah, your, your brain's working. Okay. You're so good. I'm good, and I'm a fan, and it's 1983, so I'm going to say Every Breath You Take by the Police. You are correct. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're Thank on you. fire. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. that's the only, because that's the, that's the uh, synchronicity uh if I remember correctly. So very good. Thank you. Excellent. 40 years ago today, this... Return of the Jedi. Number two. Wow! Yes! This is stunning, isn't oh, it? This is, I was just... <laughs> You're all shaken up. I didn't even think, plan this. This is shocking. Okay. And I, I had not even heard of this movie. My wife had. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, it's a sequel. It, I know, it, but it's not, it's not Return of the Jedi. It's okay. a sequel. Oh. It's a, a sequel. I did not know this sequel existed. A sequel... Was the other movie famous? Yes. Very famous. Very famous. Two words. <laughs> two words. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, sequel to a movie with two words. I'll give you, do you want another hint? Sure. Disco. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Saturday Night Fever, the second? Well, you're going to have to get the right name. Huh? You're right, but that's not the title. Saturday Night Fever. What would Fever. be the title? What so, do you think it would be? Boogie Nights. The Boogie Nights? No. No, that's not Boogie Nights. What do they call it? A return of... No, that's Electric Shoe. Think know. of us Electric Boogaloo. Think, <laughs> of the, think of the song. Staying Alive. There you go. Sorry. That's, I still get a... I still you did well. Ah, you, were you that, aware of that? I, I was aware of it. 
uh, now that you mention it, because um, as, as this is I, whatever credit I have is now over. Because I, everyone was a big Saturday Night Live fan, but I don't, I don't think I saw it in 1983 because disco is yeah. dead at that point. Yeah, because we had so so for us when Saturday Night Fever came out, that was like 77. Yeah, so was, I think for our generation, it was like what. I, that's why I probably didn't even know it was out. I think I think I saw it later, and people trashed it because um, John Travolta play his uh, Tony whatever plays some dance instructor. That's right, you're in, good in a that's studio, right. and he's wearing hot pants, and it just looks terrible. It's terrible. I think they're like you know, it was a dark time because I mean you have to really after Saturday Night Fever, he didn't do anything until Pulp Fiction, which was ten years later. I know, you know, so when when that movie came out. Kids like us always said, man, that dude looks ridiculous. Right. Yeah, let, can you put on some Twisted Sister, please? Right. Or some uh, Van Halen who are wearing hot pants and, and uh, this and that. They all, yeah. When you go back and you look at those bands that we thought were so cool. I was looking at Ozzy in 1985, yeah, six, that's terrible. four ish. That's, that's a terrible mode. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't seem that way at the no, time. No, it did. Because he was an old man, too. For us, he was old. He was in his 30s. He, he was old then. Right. He was old then, and he's wearing. Spandex and these uh, LeMay, whatever they call it, the sparkly things. Yeah. No, that was bad. That was wrong. There was no one. We were, I was probably jealous of certain people. I wasn't jealous of Twisted Sister because they were ugly and fat and they shouldn't be wearing it. They clearly was a costume. But right. some of those guys were actually in good shape. And the fact they could pull it off, that's the part that was depressing. Yeah. That they had hair that could, you know, my hair was just a mullet when I had hair. Right. Right. So it, it's, I was jealous that they had the, Ability to pull it off, not that they look. I didn't want to look like that. That that, that was look terrible. Did you ever get a perm? No, no. I that's why Metallica and Slayer were the bands I liked because they looked like normal. They looked like us. They looked like they wore the same stuff we wore. So, oh, that's very good. Well, I, I'm glad I pulled the uh, police out. Yes, police. That was a great thing. So, uh, I guess we're ready for Mad Libs. I should. Uh, I think I, you're supposed to talk to me about Mad Libs. We were doing the pre thing, but. We weren't getting a whole lot of uh... no, and I and I'm glad you're going to do it because you know I, I, I struggle with you know yeah you just picked what a, in the what's room. a noun what's a verb I struggle with it too but I'm confused easily that's 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 fine thank uh, you okay plus right. I, I you're a little too uh, anodyne anodyne benign anodyne oh I got you right. You want to be more risque. Right. Well, I don't want to be risque. I want more words that could potentially end up with being hilarious. Hilarious. Like banana. <laughs> That's right. In the tailpipe. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay. Hills Cop. Oh, thank you. Uh, this one is, so this is the segment of the show. Right. The award-winning right, segment of the show. Recent development. Where we do Dungeons & Dragons Mad Libs thanks to our good friends at Wizards of the Coast. Well, we'd like them to be friends, and we'd like them to sponsor them. I don't think they know who we are, but... You had to buy this. It's not like they sent you this free. That is correct. That was that was your Christmas gift. That's right. Okay. A, yeah, that's right. So there you go. James will do the words, right. and then we'll read it out. It'll put me in a D&D yeah. paragraph. The idea yeah. is it's a paragraph, and for those international who have not experienced the true joy of this... You fill out words uh, based on the type of word it is, and it's hilarity ensues when you read the paragraph. Do you think Medin is saying to himself, I'm, I got up. Well, he didn't get up. I'm late. staying awake. I'm staying awake to watch two middle-aged dudes do D&D &D Mad Libs. Yes, I'm sure he is. Why are you drinking? That's, 
It's better than the silence or the voices in his head, is what I assume. (laughs) Well, we're doing our part then. That's right. Okay. James, I need a verb ending in... Oh, so he says a verb ending in I-N-G. Yeah. Because I always thought those weren't verbs or something, that they was... Oh, it's a verb. That's right. What's an, what's, okay, what's an adverb? Adverb, that's, that's schoolhouse rock. Lily, lily, lily. So that's right. Slowly. Get your adverbs. L-Y. You typically. Verb ending in I-G. Uh, I, I-N-G? A verb ending in I-N-G. Uh, pounding. Pounding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Aren't you the one who's responsible for the, what is it, the glittering? Glittering moist uh, nuns. Okay, adjective. Uh, wet, of course. Oh, God, the nuns are back. <laughs> adverb. 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 Uh, uh, quickly. Okay. Right. Schoolhouse Rock taught me everything. That's how I learned English, this so, fancy language. So basically, because we, how many viewers do you have right now? Uh, three. Okay. So basically, because of that, you decided this show should go blue. <laughs> what I haven't used in a while. <laughs> that's why our ratings are down. <laughs> No, I'm trying to get our ratings up. Look, since we started talking about it, see, look how it spiked. It went from... Word spreading. That's right. <laughs> Mad Libs is... Mad Libs is dirty. That's right. After Dark. Mad Libs After Dark. <laughs> D&D Mad Libs. Okay. After Dark. Number. Oh, that's going to be hard. How are you going to do something... You know, what kind of number is... Oh, well, oh, number. Number. Don't do it. No, I won't do it. Thank you. Uh, seven. You're welcome. You could. What do I care? Adverb. Another one. Um, longingly. Oh. I can't wait. This could be great. It's probably going to suck. Noun. Um, cattle. A disturbing mad lips. <laughs> Adjective. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm thinking um, putrid. Level? Okay. Plural noun. Plural noun. Uh, now it's nuns. It has. They're back. <laughs> Sequel. Plural noun. Plural noun. Another plural noun. Uh, goldfish. Fishes. Adverb. Another L-Y. Um, uh, I said slowly. I said longingly. Um, how about uh, rapidly? Okay. Adjective. Uh, fuchsia. You say fuchsia? Fuchsia. What's fuchsia? It's a color. That's what I thought. I guess I didn't even write that. Color is an adjective. Verb. Um, thrusting. Thrust. Noun. Um, pole vault. You should sell this when we're done with it. Adjective. <laughs> uh... Warm. Okay. Verb. Uh, spend. Plural noun. Mm. Cacti. Mm-hmm. And finally, a noun. Noun. Uh, man. Thank you, James. This is called Life of the Party. Oh. Life of the party. I love it. Yeah. It's like you knew the title. Okay. I didn't, but I'm very excited now. In D&D, mm-hmm. a group of characters is called a pounding party. <laughs> yes. yes they're pa- that's what they do. That, that was, that's, yeah, it was basically your group back in junior high, wasn't it? 
That's right. Well, we pounded something. Yes, you did. <laughs> Welcome. It's coming, my hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there are no wet and fast rules about this. To have a quickly rounded party, you need seven things. Oh, okay. Number one, a tank. The these characters can lovingly endure lots of cattle from bad guys, have putrid health, and keep the more fragile nuns in the party safe. Well, that's right. That's exactly right. So you were, you were probably were you, the, you were the tank. Uh, I was. I was the. I like being the fight. Okay. Did like being. A, da a damager. What's the difference between a tank and a damager? Do you think? So this is a modern concept of that. Oh, okay. Uh, this is the modern concept. It came from the. World of Warcraft and the Diablo things of where you have someone who the enemies focus on and, and can't do a whole lot of damage, and then there's someone who basically deals damage to the enemy. So like, oh. the, like the magic user casts Fireball, does a lot of damage to people, but can't take a lot of damage. I got you. Okay. So here's a damager. There you, with spells. Daggers or goldfishes. Right. These characters hit... Play Placed properly, a goldfish can be lethal. Indeed. These characters hit rapidly. They can be a they can be as fuchsia as glass, though, so thrust them from harm. <laughs> and here's number three is the healer. Uh-huh. A literal pole vault of the party. Healers keep everyone alive and warm. Well, only if it's cold. Oh now James, keep in mind these are just guidelines. Right. If you want to spend a party of all rogues, go for it. Just make sure you bring some healing cacti with you. If you do, the man is your oyster. Ah. Words to live by, James. <laughs> the man you. is your oyster. Thank you, sir. Thank you. A man's... The man is your oyster. <laughs> They're talking to you, James. <laughs> well done, sir. Well, thank you for that, sir. James hmm? the Thruster. James the Thruster. Okay. Founding. Um, uh, you know what we're ready for next? Another exciting uh, Wizards of the Coast product, the Trivial Pursuit, which has actually been very successful. How do you know that? Because I've been entertained by it. Our oh. measure is, are we entertained? Right. Because the man is your oyster. Right. If I, I mean, if everyone else gets excited, great. But for me, it's about w whether we like it. So this is Dungeons & Dragons Trivial Pursuit. We will usually do the history cards, but sometimes there's something germane on the other areas. areas and I believe focus. I believe we put them at the bus. So three yeah, cards put, for you. We put them on the bottom. Put them on the and bottom. And you can buy this at any store or Amazon. Okay. So these are trivia questions. The few listeners feel free to play at home. Okay. Or if you listen to the podcast later, you can do that as well. Are you ready, James? I am ready. So what uh, history is? Yellow. I'm going to go with orange. What burly, white-furred creatures live in frozen regions and can freeze targets with their chilling gaze? Ooh. Burly, their chilling gaze. White-furred creatures. Chill now, it's not the dude with the uh, sunglasses. Not the snowman. <laughs> or the Yeti. Which we love. It's not a Yeti. At first, I thought oh. it was a Yeti, but then you mentioned the gaze. Uh, it's probably, this does not sound like a first edition character, does it? Oh, we thought it was the snowman. You're right. Uh, well, Craig's on there. They think it's the Remorhas. 
But I don't think it's a gaze. I thought it was a, I thought they were just their presence. Was, this but, is not first edition. What burly white-furred creatures live in frozen regions and can freeze targets with their chilling gaze? I don't know. It says Yeti. Not my, not, not my Yeti, That is sir. not my Yeti. That's, I don't know what the hell that's about. That's not my Yeti, but no. I'll... Okay. That's your, that's your, that's your grandson's Yeti. So this is a 50-50 one, but I'm still going to offer it to you because I don't think you saw this movie, but I'm going to just, because I'm curious what the answer is. Which co-creator of D&D shot a cameo appearance for the 2000 movie Dungeons and Dragons? That horrible movie that everyone says never to watch with Jeremy Irons. What I've never watched. It. Well, wait, well, it has to. It has to. It has to be Gary, right? It's not Dave. I mean, I would assume so. I mean, it could be Dave. I mean, but Dave was kind of. Dave was down here at the time and right. kind of out of things. Yes, I would say Gary Guy. But that's my final answer. Is that your final answer? Yes. Dave Arneson, he played a wizard in the climactic battle against the dragons, but his scene was cut. That's fantastic. That's horrible. That went from fantastic to horrible in like a second. That's awful. What the heck's wrong with them? That's you terrible. still didn't get any respect. We need to look that up, see where we can find the lost scene of yeah. Dave Arneson in the uh, 2000 movie. That's all horrible. Mm. Okay. Poor right. Dave. Uh, okay. These, these questions have gotten way more recent. Okay. Okay, that's good. I'm going to go with... I don't like this. Okay, you can... You know what? We have plenty oh, of... Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, no, this is a good one. No, I got a good one. You just got to look for ones. You ready for this? What is the name of the sample character, a starting magic user, in the original 1974 edition of D&D? Wow. What is the name of the sample character? Wow. That is a reach. That's harsh. A starting magic user in the original 1974 edition of D&D. In the original box. So this is like the character's name. Right. Like a draw midge or something right. like that. And or, Jim Ward, was, was Jim Ward around in 74? I don't think so. I mean, I thought he came shortly thereafter. Uh, no idea. Well, I know Menyon created his own old school box. I didn't know when he was lovingly putting it together. Did he remember the name of the magic user? Uh, I have no idea. That's all right. Ready? Zarlarthen. X Y L A R T H E N. Yarlthen. Zarlthen. See, that's what I don't like about D and D names. So often you can't even pronounce them. Right. And we do that on purpose. Do so we? Uh, we did get a correction from Menyon. Fortunately, he is uh, listening intently. The Yeti has a gaze that makes you rigid, but not frigid. Okay. So now we have to look that up. Okay. Not that we dis- I didn't know that. Not that we don't agree. With just I don't remember that, but it probably makes sense. Yeah. It's at we, the back of the book. We've not had a... I don't think we've had the Yeti. I we feel like Yeti? we did. I just think we forgot. Yeti attacks with two clawing strikes. If any one of these attacks succeeds and I score 20, the Yeti is grabbed and squeezes opponents. That's a good one. Uh, for additional damage from the chill. Worse still, if the creature surprised an opponent, a saving throw versus paralyzation must be made, or the victim has looked into the creature's eyes and is rigid with fright for uh. three melee rounds. Yeah, so that's... And get automatically be struck 
twice and squeezed by the Yeti. Okay. So, yeah, that's a little different. I mean, yeah, I never viewed that as. Because I think the card, I can't remember what the card said, but I had an image of like these, like, and it's yeah. like frost rays, yeah, blasting you. Right, exactly. Boo. I mean, I just maybe I it morphed into that, but we don't know. But yes, yeah, so it's, it's a little, it's in the realm, but it's, it, I didn't remember that fear thing. So that's good. We learned something. I did. That's why we're here, caring and sharing. All right. Um, this is, here's one. Which card in the deck of many things traps you in a suspended animation? In an extra-dimensional sphere. Oh, yeah, that's a good... I mean, I'm familiar with it, but that, do I know its name? So it's a card, so you, it's, you could... Yeah, it's like it's a, a void or something like yeah. that. That may be a good guess. Is that, is that your final answer? I mean, that's... I mean, I, that, yeah, I'll say that, the void. It's a French word. I'll give you that. Ennui. <laughs> Chris, Chris no, uh, that was good. The void, but there is it's a it's a French word for part of for our game. I don't know. So the so the French word for uh, what's the name of our game? Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. The French word for dungeon is. Oh, I don't know. Donjon. Donjon. Um, Donjon was the original. So the Donjon card is where you get trapped in a thing. Donjon. Huh? Not Don Johnson, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's right. Very good, Margaret. It's Donjon. That's right. So that was good. Okay. Last one from me. I'm still on my first card. I'm just picking ones that are cool. No, that's the thing to do. Oh, okay. Here's a good one. I have another good one here. They're monsters. A roper can extrude up to how many sticky tendrils oh. at one time? I'm going to say a roper or a store roper. Roper is from the first edition. Roper. Either two or six. I'm going to say two. And now we'll have to check this answer because right. it may not be consistent with first edition. This says six, but let's see if you're right under first edition. D&D. It said two or six. The roper's got a great picture. Yes. Classic. It is. Is it on the... Is it on the Oh, there you go. There it is. Roper. I knew it had multiple tendrils. I didn't think it could shoot more of them. So what TV show had Mr. Roper? Oh, Three's Company. That's right. Okay. I need to correct for that. Six strands. Yeah, six. Okay. So number I of should, attacks. I should have... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Number of, I'm sorry. Wait. Number of attacks. One. Right, but it shoots protrudes six. The Roper has six strands. A sticky rope-like excretion, which it can shoot. Oh. Oh. Which it can shoot from two inches to five inches. So I guess you do just, he, he just attacks with all of them, but it's just one attack? I guess. The rope has six strands, a strong, sticky rope-like excretion, which it can shoot from two inches to five inches. A hit causes weakness, and the roper then draws its prey into its toothy maw. Where which it is, is my favorite thing, the toothy maw. The toothy maw. Your maw's toothy, where it is quickly devoured. Oh. The chance of breaking a strand. Okay, so, okay, so... The roper, so yeah, he's not like, chick, 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 and you're rolling six times. He's just trying to grab you. Yeah. He's sticky and he sucks you in. Sucks you, he wants to bite you with his toothy maw. Does he appear? Oh, he stands upright. He wears a pillar or stalime. Oh, it's yeah. one of those things again. And you know, what, you know what module he was in that's famous? Probably the one with the mushroom men. Uh, the one before it. Oh, very good. Yeah, I figured it seemed that way. 
Uh, he was in, he, sh I, he may, may have had one in A4, but I remember him in A3 because there's a great picture in A3. Now, he wasn't created by, who, you're going to tell me the author of A3 in well, a second. Well, of course you know who the author is. We've had him on our show. Is it, is it Harold? Uh, oh, it's Alan Hammack. Is, uh, so Alan didn't create, well, he may have created the Oprah, but it was, no, I don't think so because the Mushroom Man was A3 is probably seven. my, besides B2, my favorite adventure. I mean, it just, it just, I, I've read this thing so much, look, it's falling apart. Yeah. It's got great artwork, and um, the Roper is in here. There's also a great picture of the piercers attacking. Look at this. Um, now we're completely. What am I looking at? See how the piercers are coming down? And oh, yeah. He's on his head. Okay. But there's a roper in here. Okay. So this is one of those things like, you know, so if you see, so notice you're a good player and you see stalagmite, you realize that. You're in a cave. Well, you, that's the thing. Oh they, oh, they had the roper, but then they had the store roper, which came into, maybe he did create that because this was the one, um, this went to Monster Man 2. Here's the store roper, which is like the super roper. And that's much, yeah, much more too. I believe it came in the Monster Man too, but this is William Ham wrote the. We've had him too. Yeah, look at that picture. Yeah, that's very cool. There you go. So okay. go check it out. A three. Okay. Probably my favorite. I used to carry that around in A two. That was just the things because that's all I had. Okay, so I still have some more. Metals of what type are consumed by rust monsters? Um. Iron. Also known as armor. <laughs> the Latin word for armor, iron. Oh, I have no idea. Ferrous. Really? Ferrous containing metals. Iron, steel, adamantite, and mithril. Wow, it'll take you mithril. Apparently. I, I don't know if we that's don't an original. Oh, well, here we check go. There you go. All right. Oh, you, can, you can look it up. It's your, okay. it's your monster. Man. All right. You like looking at stuff. Who am I to take that away from? Rust Monster. What page? See, it just said page 83. It just says metals of all sorts. Ah, let's see here. Oh, but pr well, principally, you're a ferrous-based metals, such as iron, steel, and steel alloys. There you go. Such as mithril and adamantite. Arms and armor. Okay. Yeah, so it may not eat gold. So if I've got something mithril, oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah. Or something, yeah, something like that. Okay. All right, so cool. I only used one card. Wow. That Just card that, was gold. That was good. So I'm going to save these cards. These sure. are good. Back on the top. This one we used. Okay. Very good. Excellent job. All right. So now, you want to do sage advice first and then to rent? I think we should do sage advice. Let's do it. Let's, let's just, let's keep, let's keep on the knowledge train. So... You're feeling smart. It's because it's how you, you know, it all started with the police. police. Yep. Did, and you're just feeling it. I am. I'm you're on like, a roll. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's bring you down. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's Imagine Magazine, and based on my, our readings of it, it's because they're not, they're a derivative source of knowledge. They, they, oh. kind of, true. That's true. They, they admit it themselves. That's they, true. They said, we can't, we, we claim no, um, like our chef. Exactly. We claim no advice. Uh, 
No authoritative knowledge. Yeah, no authoritative uh, stance here. We're just blind people helping other blind people. We're telling well, like, you what we believe other people have said. We, we, no, they do say they have some access to the designers, but they are like, they know Gene Wells' third cousin. Right, exactly. <laughs> Could you ask Gene to ask Gary? <laughs> so this is the episode of the show where we go to a magazine mm -hmm. from back in the day uh, typically sage advice and ask questions of the other to see if they're sagacious. We pretty much, I wouldn't say we've exhausted, but we've been through a lot of sage advice questions. So we've moved on to Dispel Confusion from Imagine Magazine. As opposed to Dispel Confusion from Polyhedron. Correct. Which, of course, is canon. This is not. Okay. Correct. This is a canonical. So this is from the British. What do you say? A non-canonical? Mm. Uh, question number one. Yes. Why are more questions in Dispel Confusion about advanced Dungeons and Dragons than about the basic game? Okay. Uh, there are more questions asked about the advanced game versus the basic game. You are correct, sir. We receive fewer questions about the basic game. However, this only raises the question of why this should be so. In general, you sound fascinated. In general, <laughs> in general, I thought you'd care because you were like a basic game guy too. I am. I'm. Uh, this is the game I'm running right now. I run the Rule Cyclopedia. It's amazing. So why aren't you like, yeah? No, because it's so simple. It, it makes sense. There's no. It's short and to the point for the most part. It's great. In general, the basic and expert systems are designed to be flexible and are deliberately not comprehensive. As a result, the answer to many questions is made up on the spot by the DM. The advanced game is far more codified and extensive. It is therefore inevitable that there will be apparent inconsistency. I like apparent. Yeah. Apparent inconsistencies. That's what I had to say that. Right. Apparent inconsistencies or deficiencies which can be rectified in the Dispel Confusion column. Excellent. Question number two. How do you combine a fighter's multi... It's a trick question. Okay. How do you combine a fighter's multiple attacks per round with a weapon that gets more than one attack per round? Good question, right? Okay. It, it is. I'm not aware of a, a weapon that gets multiple attacks per round, um, but let's say a dagger. Yes. Well, you know you are aware of weapons that get multiple attacks per round. What about a bow? Well, bow, yeah, but you don't get multiple attacks. You are correct, sir. You don't. Only missile weapons have multiple attacks, and the attacks per round table, player's handbook, page 25, states, I should imagine the page, states, quote, with any thrusting or striking weapon, not missile weapons. Note, no, for some reason I decided to continue on. Note that the rule at the bottom of the same page, referring to the one attack per level rule for fighting creatures with less than one hit die, replaces the 3-2 or 2-1 attack rule. They do not combine to give one and a half or two attacks per level. Yeah. The more interesting question would have been, if you are a seventh level fighter and you uh, have two daggers, you what, how many attacks per round do you get? That's the more interesting question. Wait, okay, explain that to me. Okay, so I get, how many, at seventh level, what am seventh I Seventh level, you're getting three attacks per two rounds. Right. Right. So you have a dagger. So you right. normally get one. And, and it says you get, which we've always, I've always read wrong. But again, this is why I love this community, because you find 
um, you get your second attack on the odd, um, on the odd, on the odd round. So the first round you're supposed to get two, then you get one, then you get two, then you get one. Per, I think it's in the DMG or in the player's hand. The question is, do you, now you have two daggers, right? So do you get four and then two, or do you get three every round? Because three plus three over two, plus three over two is six over two, six over two is three over one. Math, it's fractions. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? I got a little lost there. So in, in the, back in the day, we used to make it, to make our lives easier, because uh, we thought the second attack, bonus attack, came at the second round. We just said, let's just make this easy and give everyone three attacks, if you had two weapons. Right. But if the attack, is the extra attack supposed to come in the odd rounds, which is what it says, then you're, you should get four attacks the first round and then two attacks the second round, if you're using a dagger. Because each one, you get three per two. That's a better question. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. one. You're welcome. I'm glad I didn't ask that. Okay. I think we've had this question before. Maybe it was probably, though, we've seen, this is probably a common question. Right. So it's landed at sage advice. It landed at the other to spell confusion. So it's going to sound familiar. Okay. Can a creature with a gaze weapon attack more than one target per round? Is it possible to use both the gaze weapon and natural or melee weapons in the same round? Uh, well, the, the way they ruled it is a gaze attack is one person per round. And, but do you also get to use your natural attack? Yes. Your, you are on fire. And then, so that's consistent with what was being said in Sage Advice, I believe, and the other Dispel Confusion. Answer, a gaze weapon will only affect one victim per round, but this attack form is in addition to any other attacks given. A basculist, for example, can gaze and bite in the same round. And if I recall correctly, you're the one that pointed out to me that on the DM screen, there is a chart. Is there a chart about gaze attack? Is there a gaze attack chart? Or do I think of a different one? Yes, there's a gaze attack chart that they game, came out with uh, in Monster Mania 2. It's, well, it's in like the, yeah, it's, in, it's just in, uh, it's in the Drascalist or something. It's in like a yes, specific. Yes, Drascalist, that's right. They and just th hide it there. And then they put it on the new DM screens that right. came out. The second, not the second edition, the 1.38. Edition. Okay, question number three, four. Why must bards have scores of only 15 or better in strength, wisdom, dexterity, and charisma when a fighter who changes to a thief must have a minimum dexterity of 17 and a minimum strength of 15? Yeah, can we talk about the latter part there? So this is, this is clearly dual class, right? right? I forgot. I we never dual class. I don't know these rules very well. It's just silly. But so you need there's certain requirements to be able to dual class. Yes. And this is obviously one of them. Right. That's pretty the player's rough. handbook page thirty something. Page it says if the class, the class that you're moving to, you have to have ridiculous spell. Again, it's a thing of don't be a dual class. <laughs> this is basically what they're trying to say. Yeah, we've talked about dual classes, and I remember I remember that conclusion. Dual class. I never, it never made sense to me. But it uh, takes a while. Well, it takes. It, not only does it take a while, it just does physically make sense. You are, you're, you've been training as a fighter your whole time. I mean, the idea of the the dwarf in them is because they have long lives and they've culturally they figure it out. But humans, you've been a magic user. Now all of a sudden, you're going to become a, a first level fighter. You have the same experience as the guy who's been training for ten years doing this. That's well, it's like basically you're changing, like you know, your second career. Right. So. Um, 
what it says here on page 33, in order, a character must have an ability of 15 more in the principal attributes and the original class of the original class in 1718, the principal attributes of the class changed to. So you can do whatever you want, but you have to have super stats. You know, again, especially back then where you're you're still dealing with you know, 3d6 or 4d6. That's pretty pretty ridiculous. Can you can you be have a second class say as an illusionist? Yes. But what's the, what's the principal characteristic to that? Because there's dexterity. Two. You have to have both then. Oh, that's horrible. Okay. You could be a magic user illusionist, which wouldn't be that hard. So, all right. So this so is the answer, question. So the, the answer is because the bard's a special class, and that's why they, they get to make the rules up for it. That's why. You think they're going to say that? Yes. It, no, that's... No, I'm sorry. Okay. What does it say? You have to, you know, if you're going to get the ding-ding, you no, got to get the... Oh, I wanted to hear the answer. James, it's obvious. Answer. The obvious answer to this question. Oh, wow. <laughs> Rude. You missed the easy one. I don't think it's easy. The obvious answer to this question is that bards, they're just making this up as they go, as you know. The obvious, because your, yours was actually the right answer. The obvious answer to this question is that bards are not fighters who change into thieves and then into bards. Bards are characters who have spent a period of training under the auspices of the fighter and thief classes. That's news. And then enter into bardic training under druidic tuition. Well, no, that's not news. I thought they were going to say you're like doing a little bit of both at the same time. No. That's not what they said. A character wishing to be a thief proper, rude, needs to be well suited to this specialized class. The abilities of bards are wider ranging and require overall competence rather than specialized excellence. Yeah, see, I think they're wrong, but keep going. For the number crunchers amongst you, the probability of a character having abilities suitable for bardhood is far less than the chance of being able to move from fighter to thief, which is actually sort of your answer which is they're now saying, folks, it's so hard to be a bard anyway. Right. Let's not make it impossible. Impossible. Worse. Well, because the, the reason I disagree with that, because it says here, what was their statement that they're not really training as fighters? They say they're, so they're, they say they're not fighters who change into thieves and then into bards. Their bards are characters who have spent a period of training under the auspices of the fighter and the thief classes. So. What there are, I guess, so you're being trained by a bard? Well, that's what they're saying, but that's not what it says here. What's it say? Uh, the, as this, so bards under appendix two, page 117 of the player's handbook. As this character's class subsumes the functions of two other classes, fire and thieves, and tops them off magically, it's often not allowed by dungeon masters. Exactly. This, although this presentation is greatly modified from the original bard class, it's offered as a supplement, your DM may be the final option. So, uh, it tells about the stats. It tells about the race. The class. Bards begin play as fighters. Right. But that doesn't say who's training. Them. And they must remain exclusively fighters until they achieve at least fifth level. Anytime they have an event prior to eighth level, they must change their class to that of thieves. Again, sometimes bards leave their thieving and begin clerical studies as druids. But at this time, they are actually bards under juridical tutelage. That's different than what, I mean, they just made that all whole They did, they didn't make it up. They needed Gene Wells to answer this one. She would have done a better job. The, the version is, like they said, they are hard to get these things and people want to play bards, so you can't have them have six, six 17, so suck it. Yeah, they were, they, they did their best. They, they, I think they did sort of fumble there, so. Um, 
You knew, you knew they were making it up when they said the obvious answer is. Right. When obvious. you say that, that's right. You clearly is not showing your hand. It's exactly. not obvious. Okay. So are you going to complain like to the teacher? No. Uh, this week, your your multiple choice question was bad. No. Well, clearly the pedagogy of this question was not reviewed by the committee and, and tested properly. Oh, I don't. This want needs you. to be thrown out. I don't want you as one of my students. You're a pain in the butt. Okay. I want, I want this one. I want this reviewed by the committee. I want to send this to the dean. <laughs> oh God! Can an elf become a split class? I like how they call it a split class. Have you ever used multi-class? Have you ever referred to them as a split class? No. You've been wrong. Can an elf become a split class assassin? For example, fighter assassin. Well, if it's allowed in the player's handbook, yes, they can. Well, but it's not. I mean, the only multi-class assassin is half one. If, if that's if. So the answer is, if it's not in the list, I believe on page thirty whatever, then the answer is no. They can't do it. I think the only multi-class is assassin. And they could be like cleric assassin, which of course is the best fighter uh, uh, fighter assassin. Now gnomes NPC in the DMG says illusionist assassin, but that's apparently is NPC only. Right. So it's although the. Though these are listed here, the game assumes that non or semi-human, I always love semi-human. That's rude. Semi-human characters can be <laughs> multi-class. And only certain class combination of problems, depending on the race of the character. Although these, these are listed in the section dealing with each race of character, multi-class character possibilities are also shown below in order and aid in the selection of your character class. So it's not here. The only ones who can do assassin uh, and something else is a half orc per this chart. And in if we go to elf, as he said elf. Yeah, he asked if an elf because an elf can be an assassin, of course, but right. everybody can be an assassin, can't they? Oh uh, maybe half halfling, maybe. Oh yeah, you're right. Halflings cannot. That's true. Halflings cannot. Uh so it doesn't say they can be a split class or a multi-class because they're semi-human. So I'd say no, they can't be assassins. They can only be what's in the player's handbook listed. You are correct. Up until the book that shall not be named, and then everything can do whatever they want, and that's why the game ended. Answer, no. The split classes listed on pages 32 to 33 of the player's handbook are those suited to the tendency of the races concerned. No other split classes are possible. Okay, I like this question. Ready for this? If demons, devils, and evil creatures are so strong and numerous, what can prevent evil destroying good at a single stroke? Wow. <laughs> You're deep. I'm very deep. I like this kid. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, where it's all lost. It's all lost. Oh, what? Well, because there are. Uh, he's very troubled. He is, he is. He's like, so many monsters. That's why, they, that's why we need heroes to re repel them. And that's why you're playing an adventure to stop the world from being subsumed by evil. That's, that's the whole point of you being playing the game. I'm going to sort of, I'm going to give you a yes. Okay. I like your answer. Thank you. Okay. It's a very interesting answer. You ready for this? Uh -huh. It's maybe something you've not heard of. There's something out there, James, you may not be aware of. Okay. Okay. It'll come at the end. Answer. Many of the powerful evil creatures are confined to their own planes, where, of course, they are dominant. Secondly, they spend much of their time fighting among themselves for preeminence. This is what I like. This is sort of your answer. And third, finally, the, quote, cosmic balance does not allow evil or good to become all-powerful. Now, this is what's interesting to me. Apparently, there's, I was not aware, did you, were, are you aware in D&D there's cosmic balance? 
Um, there's the idea because the, the neutrals, you know, it's always mm -hmm. moving towards neutral. That's why the neutral things are always looking, if played right, if there's too much good, they don't like that either. So, well, who's they? The druids, like, for example. Oh, the druids. The druids are like holding. So, so is this all just a big waste of time? I mean, I understand you've got to fight to avoid it, but one overwhelming the other. But so is it like D&D &D just, it's just. Pointless. Yes. Just figured that out. How are you feeling right now? Not good. Is this your Kierkegaard moment? Is yeah, what's this, this kid talking scream, huh? Wait, so wait, I don't know what, I, I guess I should be happy. I mean, the answer could have been, yeah, you're right, dude. Evil is going to overtake. So if I'm having a world which has just been subsumed by evil, because people like to do that stuff, right? Right. That's fine, right? Right. Undead or whatever. But that's wrong because there's cosmic balance. Well, that means some other place is now full of sunshine and happiness. It depends what, what, uh, what zoom of scale you have. You're right, multiverse. Right. That's true. Like, like the dark, darkest timeline in community. Yeah. You know, it's always the thing of... And that's the problem with druids. What is the balance they're looking for? Is it the balance in the forest that's near them? The balance on the planet they're on in the galaxy? How do they know what the balance should be? You know, again, they kind of locally use the thing of, well, nature is the default, and I'm here to protect that, which is why I'm just as opposed to Saruman's orcs running amok, just as I would be of humans. You know, that's why I keep saying I want to run an adventure of eco-terrorists, eco-terrorist druids, because... They're not going, you know, they're trying to defeat the orcs who are trying to cull the forest for wood to attack the lands of the men. But also the village, the poor villagers who just want to eke out a land and they're trying to clear the forest for farmland. They would murder them just as easily. Because it, it says in the player's handbook, remember, look, read under Druid, right? We've, it says things like, uh, if you hurt the forest, they don't care who you are. They're going to murder you. Right. Right. So, right. So, so Bjorn is cutting down a tree. Well, I don't know if Bjorn would do that. Well, he, right. he's building his hut. So Bjorn and the werebears out there building his hut, cutting down the trees. The, the, the druids are coming in and killing them. Possibly. Or they would try. They put nature above humans. What's, what's wrong with them? That's exactly. Thus, druids will never destroy woodlands or crop no matter, crops no matter what the circumstances. Even the... Even though woods, for example, were evilly hostile, druids would not destroy it, although nothing would prevent them from changing the nature of the place if the desire and wherewithal existed. In similar fashion, they avoid slaying wild, animal, slaying wild animals or even domestic ones except as necessary for self-preservation and sustenance. Okay. And they would look for ways to, uh, you know, seek their revenge. So, yeah. So, um, if druids observe any creature destroying their charges, the druids are unlikely to risk their lives for destruction. Rather, it's probable the druids will seek retribution and revenge at a later date. See, they're eco-terrorists. Okay, I get all that. Which I love. No but, one plays them that way. But so wait, so, so neutral, neutrality. Yeah. Let's read about neutrality on page 23. Because this is really, this, this, if you're neutral, you're down with this cosmic bounce. Right. You're like, dude, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Well, you can't tell people you're wasting your time. You can't tell them about the cosmic balance because then someone will stop fighting. You won't have cosmic balance. It's a conundrum. You know what I mean? Wrapped in an enigma. Yeah, because once they know about the cosmic balance. But that's true. But except one half of the main know about it, but they don't care. Evil, in its purest sense, the idea of, of again, you raise children. When they're doing dumb things, they know it's dumb and they still do it, right? Well, let me say, is it possible 
Is it possible that Imagine Magazine disclosed something that was not to be disclosed? Right. From Gene Wells? Because I am a Wellsian. We've talked about this. That's right. Because, you know, the players aren't your, your player character. No, they, none of those people should know about the Cosmic Bound. Right. The joke's on them. So, right. in other words, you got to play it like you don't know this is about it. It's absurd. It's waiting for Godot. They, they should not know any of this. But let's see if the neutral character knows, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it on page 23. I want to know if they know. Well, there's so many problems. You're bringing up so many good points here, Dan. First of all, the problem is players should know nothing because they should only read the player's handbook. Oh, that's true. So All this other stuff they shouldn't know. Is alignment discussed? In, alignments, is alignment in the player's handbook? Yes, yes it is. Of course. Okay. Not of course. Yes, it is. Here's page 23. Well, uh, it should be. I mean, you've got to pick your alignment. You've got to pick your alignment. So I will look that up for you. Absolute or true neutral creatures view everything which exists as an integral, necessary part or function of the entire cosmos. Each thing exists as a part of the whole. One is a check or balance to the other, with life necessary for death, happiness for suffering, good, good for evil, order for chaos, and vice versa. Nothing must ever become predominant or out of balance. With this naturalistic ethos, humankind serves a role also, just as all other creatures do. They may be more or less important, but the neutral does not concern himself or herself with these considerations, except where it is positively determined that the balance is threatened. So wait, so the neutral is upset if he sees the he or she sees the right. balance being threatened. That's correct. That's how I've always played them. If they're true neutral, if they're not okay. Bob the farmer. So you can have an adventure. The party of true neutrals that are going to slay good, a good party. Absolutely. Because they're about to take over the evil. It's like they're throwing up the balance. They're messing up the balance. Right. They're too powerful. When, at, right at the end of Lord of the Rings, when the light comes and they're going to slay Slauron or whatever, they may go, no, we can't have, you can't, you can't do that. So like the you neutral, just let them go back into mortar. So the neutral party could go to find the artifact to destroy it because if it's in anyone's hands... It'll upset. You don't give it right. to the good. Right. You exactly. destroy it. Exactly. It's fascinating. Um, okay. Absolute neutrality is in the central or fulcrum position, quite logically, as the neutral sees all other alignments as parts of a necessary whole. This alignment is the narrowest in scope. So, can I read? Okay. Lawful neutral. But lawful neutral, then... <laughs> So lawful neutral, though, the true neutral sees everything as in balance. Law and chaos is in balance, too, right. but that's not the way that, yeah, the lawful, yeah, okay. They're cop-outs. So, so, so this, the, is, this is how it looks like. This is neutral. They're the protector. This is the cosmic balance, James. Right, that's right. They're the, you're on page. 116 of de Deities and Demigods. And that's also in Player's Handbook, too, I yes, believe, Yes, but this it? is a nicer picture of it. So the neutral... The, the, it's, the, it's the spoke. It's the wheel. It's the hub of the, the spokes of the line. It keeps the it keeps the the balance. It keeps it in balance. The That's wheel right. in balance. So they are the protectors, of the cosmic if balance. They, if they are aware of that cosmic balance, as opposed to just not caring. Right. Well, the uh, ant is neutral. Giant ant is neutral. He is not aware. He's not a protector. Of the He's not a protector balance. of the cosmic balance. He's <laughs> not sitting here right. going. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> he didn't make a choice. Yeah. Uh, these guys are coming in. They're trying to defeat the evil, carry the one that generally puts the evil in this area uh, about minus 2%. Okay, yeah, you guys can go in. Yeah, to keep the balance. Or I got to kill you. So, okay, but that's very interesting because I never thought it. So the neutral, in many words, the neutral is, is quite vigilant. And is, okay, what do you got? 
So the same thing. And page 33 of the player's handbook, the true neutral, in quotes, looks upon all other alignments as facet of a system of things, which is very, could be conceived, very conceited. Like, oh, you poor lawful neutral. But yeah, you're law. You're, you're confused. You're, I mean, it's cute that you have that, but you really don't understand the true nature of things. Really, only neutral is the one that makes sense. It's kind of Thus, yeah. Kind but of why same. would they? So why would they? Why would they oppose good? Thus, each aspect, evil or good, chaos and law of all things, must be retained and balanced to maintain the status quo. For things, as they, for things as they are, cannot be improved upon except temporarily, and even then oh. superficially. Oh, so they are, oh, they're in favor of the status quo. They, they, they're they, preservationists. They, and they don't believe in progress. Right. They don't believe we can make progress. Nature will prevail and keep things as they were meant to be, provided the wheel surrounding the hub of nature does not become unbalanced through the work of unnatural forces, such as human and other intelligent creatures interfering with what's meant to be. So, That might be the most interesting alignment of all. That's, that's, why, that's why druids should be eco-terrorists. They should be... Ah, but wait a second. Okay, wait a second. Druids, though, they have a particular flavor to them. Because why aren't the true neutral should be like, yeah, you cut down some trees, you don't cut down some trees. They're all like, they're, they are placing nature and animals. Well, this said, in, in this version, it says nature will prevail on page 33 for true neutral. Regardless. Oh, so don't mess with like God's design. Yeah, of the, this is the natural order of things, and you have your place in it, but when you extend it too much, that's a bad thing. But what's interesting is, I'm okay if a, if a good character kills an evil as long as an evil kills a good, but I'm not happy with the tree being cut down, if that makes sense. Progress, well, the, 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 I think the thing of that would be, and this goes back to why I like the beginning, the you know the basic versions of alignment. There's law, neutral, and chaos, which again is you know part of Paul Anderson's the three cups and the lions and hearts and whatever it is. I forgot the name of the book, and of course they're going to yell at me on the thing. Alan. Law versus chaos. Law is progress, civilization. Chaos is not just anarchy. It's back to the wild kind of thing. So that in this case, the liberty. Neutral, the baby. neutral would be more about referring. That's why for them. Suburbia is progress, quote unquote, but they would look at it as anathema to have all this land being consumed for housing and everything else. Very interesting. So okay. they would burn it down and slaughter everyone. Well, I have a new respect in particular for yeah for the true neutral, which is where it's very hard to play because again, if you what context do they have? They don't. If they're again the first level druid, how, do they understand the cosmic balance? How would they know the cosmic balance in relation to what? You know, what scorecard are they looking at? And it is interesting because, so do they view a lot of the deities as just part of the cosmic balance, which is why they, they wouldn't really have anyone to worship usually because the good deities and the evil deities are battling each other as part of this cosmic balance. So they're not worshiping anybody. They're worshiping, as you said, as Druids do perhaps, nature. Right, well, people like our conversation about this. It's hard. The problem with my screen being so far away now, so it looks more natural, is I can't read any of that. So okay. if I'm saying something inappropriate, you'll have to uh, um, just, you'll have to like repeat it or something. All right. Well, very good. Very interesting. People hopefully enjoyed that little dissertation. Oh, our, our candle's still going. Look at that. Ah. All right. Now we are ready. Well, thank you. I did relatively well. I missed one, which is, I'm, I'm okay with. And the question was bad. 
Then the answer was bad. The yes. question was good. It was a good yes, question. It was a good question. Bad answer. The, bad, the answer was uh, hubris on display. Yes. Now we're ready for random encounter. This is a segment of the show where we randomly roll a monster, discuss it, right. and then have it fight the champ, who happens to still be, not surprisingly, the stone golem. Hard to beat. Number th he's looking for win number four. And a shout out to uh, the angry monk. The angry monk, yes. Who sent us these wonderful dice. Now I want to remind folks, um, I don't, we have posted all the future shows between now and Grogcon. They're out on YouTube. So if you are one who goes, gee, I didn't get a notification, it's, they're out there. It's, you know, set your alarms or whatever you need to do. So we're going to have one August 12th, August 26th, September something, and then um, the, the Saturday of GrogCon. Okay, so we are so, Oh, and, and one more segue. You can buy uh, officially licensed Angry Monk dice from Smoldering Dung Games. Here is the example. Yes, indeed, and we love them. We, we love do. Them. We, we, we basically, our whole campaign is just rolling this dice. Does this, does our, this. Our, our lives have. That's right. I carry one around in my pocket. <laughs> That's right. And I go to the store. Yes, yeah, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Should I pay my taxes? Right. No, perfect. Right. Should I just end it all? No, but uh, maybe may, Maybe you should reconsider it. So this is, uh, has Monster Manual 2, feed Foley on it to determine where the monster will come from. It will come from the monster. You're our favorite monster. Manual. Two. Okay. James, I need you to roll a D10. Oh, D10. Oh. Got it. Are you grabbing your monster? No, I was, but then I realized I don't need it. Oh, the monster may not come from this. Nine. Okay. So we're in a dungeon? No, we're in an astral plane, probably. Aquatic. Ooh, aquatic. Aquatic. Random encounter on page 137 of Monster Manual 2. I need you to roll another. No, not another. A D6, please. A D6. Okay. Getting my monster man ready because I am I play the part of the stone golem. Two. We are in cold salt water. Ooh. Oh, so this would be like, yeah, like, you know, like uh, the North Sea. The North Exactly, the Baltic Sea. So right. Some sea up there. Some sea up there. Or the sea, what's the sea over there? Oh yeah, sure. I don't know why I would yes. Stop relating it to this stupid world we live in. Oh, the Whiteland Ice Well, wait a second. There there's a yeah, I guess so. Yeah, cold salt water, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, sure. The Whiteland Ice Sea. Perfect. Okay, it's so right. Whiteland Ice Sea. Oh, Medusa from contrast. David Whiteland. Right, the Medusa contract, right? Uh, no, no, that was uh, Villamir. No, Villamere. he did. Uh, he did uh, the other one. It, uh, the Beholder. Beholder contract. Not that's, I combined the two. I had the contracts right, but not the. <laughs> Both did a gaze, but one was more petrifying than the other. I'm not going to give anything away about that adventure. Okay. I need you to roll... What's in the title? Are we... It? I'm not going to give anything away about that adventure. <laughs> Go ahead. I need... Uh, are, we on the sur are we on the surface? I don't know if so that's... Yes or no, yes. Yes. Okay, so we're not in the depths. I need a D8 and a D12. 15. Okay. Island. What? It says island. Hold on. To look up on the island subtable. Is there an island? Whirlpool's land encounters. Oh, yeah. So we've made it to an island. I guess it's a land encounter. Roll on the appropriate table for the terrain nearest. Oh, islands. Freshwater game can be found. On... See, I was confused because, like, see how there's not. Ah, any... uh, yeah, there's space there. There's no bad, space bad there. formatting. They didn't have Jody for this one. Yeah. Freshwater game can be found on islands. 
as can unfriendly creatures and tribesmen. Treat as land encounter. Islands have surrounding reefs 10% of the time that do 12, <laughs> 2 to 12 hit points of hull damage. There's a 20% chance that it'll put a hole in the ship. So we are coming toward an island. I think you better roll again. Why? Well, are you going to fight an island? No, but we fight what's on the island. Okay, so what? Oh, here's the island right there. Right. I'm looking at our famous. Grog Empire. The, Grog em the empirical map of the Grog Empire. So coming to an island in the Whiteland Ice Sea, why is that a stone golem on a boat? Well, I think the last time he fought a, what was he fought? A human fighter, he fought something else last time. Margoyle. Perhaps he was in a dungeon and he's now left the dungeon, which was on an island in the Whitehead Sea. He's in the ruins. <laughs> is that true? Yes. yes. That's so it? Yeah, actually, there's a. It's the, what's happened here is there is a volcano, yes, a, and there are uh, oh. thermal geysers and springs that are keeping it warm. That's why it looks like this. Oh, so you see the volcano back there. So what we're talking about is our 1983 TSR right calendar. July, it's ruins. Right, just the ruins. Oh, so now you're. Oh, so it'd be we're in a tropical place. Right. Okay, hold on. Right. I, all right, I got it. I I'm like envisioning it. like there's a, a mountain and there's a bowl in the center, and then in the center there's a volcano, which is providing heat and warmth, and that's where it's a tropical. I, I like it. Yes. It's very Disney-esque. Right. Okay, so you are a subtropic. Sir, um, oh, and so I assume. Oh, we could have combat, or we could have combat with Gilligan. That's what Paul told us <laughs> we should do. I like that, too. Or Ginger. Or, or Marianne. There you go. <laughs> the skipper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so... Uh, okay, so I, I, is it fair to so are, are you, you're in the forest, I would think, then, right? Jungle. Is there a jungle? There is a mountain, hills or roughs, forest, swamp or marsh, plains or scrub, or desert. Right, well then, what do you say that would be? Forest. I agree with that. All right. There's not a tropical, subtropical subtable? It is. That's what I'm on. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yes, I am. Yeah, forest. So, yes, give me a D8 and a D12. All right. 18. A halfling. <laughs> what is a halfling doing in a for in a tropical forest in the island of Whitehead? Uh, in this that is so Whitehead. bizarre. I don't right. I don't think we've had a halfling. As we've had what a dwarf. What are you doing here, dude? We've had a dwarf. Okay. We've not had a halfling. So let's see. I'll check my check my records. What's the percentage chance? Do we know what percentage chance? Is there a percentage chance that a halfling is a professional of some kind? Uh, I don't know. Okay. It's just a normal halfling. You'd have to look it up to see what kind they are. So halflings are on page 50. Yeah, I don't think we have one. I, think, I don't think they've been a monster. So there you go. Oh, okay. Um, I guess it's a normal halfling. All right, here we go. Halflings are basically hardworking. Oh, do you know? Psionic abilities possible to exist in unusual characters. Do you know I saw something in one of the uh, imagines where it mm -hmm. said that when your ability scores go up, or maybe it was sage advice, go up because of age, if it goes up such that you can have psionics, you can then roll. I think that's right. Or something like that, or you roll like each time or something. Okay, halflings are basically hardworking, orderly, and peaceful citizens of communities similar to humans, although their villages usually contain many burrows 
homes as well as surface cottages. So there's like a village? Mm -hmm. right. There's like a halfling village in the ruins? Right. Well, it's on the side of the ruins. Oh, and are they like, are they like in loincloths? Well, of course they are. They're in loincloths. They're like the lost children. Would they, are they more likely to be tall fellows or stouts, do you think? Oh, that's or, a good or, or just uh, regular halflings? How would we know? Well, so the hair feeders are... What does it say? I'm, I'm, what page are you on again? I'm on page 50 and 51. Okay. Okay. For every 30 halflings encountered, there will be, oh, at least two second-level fighters. If more than 90 are encountered... Okay, so this is what you need to do. I need you to roll. We need to see how big this village is. Now, I understand we're not meeting. We're just meeting one out there in the right. village, right? But so three, 30 to 3, to know the chance that he's anything or she, right. well, I need to know how big this village is. So it's 30 to 300. All right, so I'll start rolling that. This is great podcasting. You just, I'll, keep you just yeah, so I'll keep reading. So if, he, if encountered in their lair, there will be females and children equal to 100% and 60% respectively adult males indicated. A typical halfling lair will be in a pastoral countryside. Halflings, the magic and poison resistance of halflings causes them to save at four levels above their actual. Okay, it's all very boring. Oh, they're very quiet. Have, do we know how many? Um, I'm getting close. You're carrying the one? Yes. So I've done, I've rolled it 10 times. I'm going to extrapolate from that. That's, that's fair. Okay. That is fair. We just generally need to know. I'm sure it's going to be. 109, 100, uh, 201 halflings. Got it. If more than 150 are encountered, okay. So, there is going to be, this is what there's going to be. Ready for this? Mm -hmm. For every 30 halflings encountered, there's two second level fighters. So that means, how many did you say? We had about 190? Was it that 201. Okay, oh, perfect. 200. So let's say, so there's about two, there, there's, so for every 30, there's what, about 14? Count this in your head. There's about 14 second level fighters. If more than 90 encountered. Oh, okay, yes, 14, right. 14. Oh, roughers, roughly, right? Giving it easy. There's a third level. We have a third level fighter, like okay. 15. There is also a fourth level fighter, let's say 16. Oh, two more third level, 17, 18. Three second level, 20, 21, 22. So there's basically about 20% chance. Right? There's 22 out oh, of 21. Oh, there's about 10%. 10%. Sure. All right. So, Shai, you want to roll? Up? Well, are we include? So, the question is, how terrible do we want to be? What do you mean? You keep reading. If encountered in their lair, there will be females and children equal to 100% or 600% of adult males indicated. Right. A typical halfling lair will be pastoral countryside. So, the question is, who is the stone golem seeing? One of the... It's got too random. Well, I understand. The Sorry. 220... Three males or the 223 females? Oh, I thought that you'd split that in half. I did the number appearing as total. You doubled it? What it says here is if, if encountered in the lair, there will be females and children equal 100% and 6% respectively of the adult males indicated. Oh, okay. That's fine. So I think right. the rare number appearing is the males there. That's this very is a giant. Of, you. Of the adult males indicated. That's 1977. Got it. Okay. All right. So the way I read it is it's actually a village of almost 500 halflings here. So basically, so if it's 100%, 100%, and then 60%, let's just say, let's just, let's just say that that's like... Well, it's 220 plus 220 is 440 plus another 120 is like 
Yeah, we're at we're almost at almost close to six hundred people. All right, I'm just a roller percent how we're out if the, the first one's men, then like in the middle is the women, and then the, the tail end is kids. And if we right. have to figure out then like it's your right. rule. Right. You only close. worry about it right. if you got it. Forty. That's clearly that's a, that's that's man. That's a man, isn't it? Yeah, it's a man, baby. <laughs> All uh, right. So now there's a ten percent chance you're worth anything. Okay. All right. Nope. Not even, you're, just, you're just a normal one to six hit point halfling. Halfling dude, right. Okay. But you get, you get special attack. Wait a second. Hold on. What's the age range for a halfling? I don't know. It's in the DMG. Well, I need to know, are you like grandpa? Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Like, don't you? You got to know the story, don't you? Okay. Halflings, their ages, it's up to, oh, it's up to 199. So we're going to do... So zero or one for this. Oh, it's in the ones, and then I'm doing percentile. Okay. Just follow me here. 168. Wow. You we're gonna, there's an old, old <laughs> venerable. He's not even old. You wish you were old. <laughs> venerable halfling. Oh no. Left to die. <laughs> this is like the it's like oh. that Lord of the Rings, um, Lord of the Rings uh, show where they the people that can't continue they leave them and they yeah the gray havens the elves he's like an old cat <laughs> they leave them to die go to go to the ruins that's what the ruins are for he's gonna jump in the volcano <laughs> they go to the ruins this is the this is the ancient ruins they don't know what it's there for they live near the ruins and when the old people are too old to die they just send them to the ruins that's him that's <laughs> you know it's a halfling in that photo he has a stick. <laughs> He's got his walking stick. Oh, poor, oh, guy. poor guy. There was this, so much, this story is horrible. There was so much of this story we didn't know. Oh, okay. This is so bad. Oh, so they're like, and they're like a basically on Land of the Lost. Right. Because there's like dinosaurs, yeah. pterodactyls. Right. And a stone golem. Yeah, because, oh. Well, that's a stone golem's coming there. Well, because he came, he's a, he was part of this temple, and he was down, that's why there was a Margo. He was a guardian from the Lost Temple. Oh, that's why he's there. He walks you to the. Throws you in the volcano. He's horrible. What was that adventure with the with had the iron golem? Um, he was the he was the butler. Oh, well, there we see in uh, the Tizen Thane. Yeah, at the at the front entrance, right? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this guy. He's the butler. Yeah. Oh, so okay. His job was has been lost to time. Now he's now the halflings think he's the bringer to the next world, but that's not his real job. His real job was to, you know, invite guests there. But they yeah. the halflings think he's the person like Osiris brings you to the new, next world. Yeah, I'm going to the next world. Right, and and the, the and the guardian, the guardian takes you. So what's what's happening here? Is this like you know? What's this all about? Well, this is the picture for those listening to podcasts. There's a there's a T Rex and a pterodactyl and a poor what we thought was a small villager, but apparently it's a halfling. <laughs> he thought he thought he's a veggie pygmy. <laughs> he's a halfling. But he's not. Uh, outside this, you know, proto Mesoic uh, Aztecian Mayan uh, temple. Okay. So this is the story is written itself. So do I have to? So do I have to make it past the pterodactyl and the Tyrannosaurus Rex? Well, I think you have to roll for that. Okay. If we're, I know Knuckles will have to. Do I? Well, this may supplant that. Oh. Is it, do I? Do I? All right. Am I attacked by a pterodactyl? No. Okay. But there's a T Rex okay. next to him. That's right. Am I attacked by a T Rex? No. no I, oh. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, no, but you're, you're going to have to get past the stone golem to get to your end thing, which, of course, is not going to happen. Well, I'm go or do I get wise? Unlikely. <laughs> Five second thought. You were 168. I would hope you'd be wise by now. Oh. So, all right. So, let's say, what's my wisdom, do you think? That'd be pretty high, right? Well, it's 36, and then you adjust it because you're a thing. One, four, oh, 10, well, 11. And I got like, what, like 14 yeah. after? Oh, let's, speaking of wisdom. Yeah, come on, Jack. Oh. Okay. Do I realize this dude is just going to throw me into a volcano? Yeah. yeah. Ability check. Oh, yeah. So, so, so I'm but you're going there willingly. Well, then why am I fighting a stone golem? Well, you're encountering a stone golem. Okay. It's a random encounter. It's not random. Oh. So I don't know why he's taking... So is he going to try to grab me? Right. Okay. And by grabbing, he may kill you. Okay. So you have to decide what you're going to do. Because I want to go and kill myself. In the, <laughs> so he's keeping me from... Maybe, maybe that's it. That's, he's the guard and he's trying to keep you out. And you're trying to get in there. All right. I like that. All yeah. right. So I ran... I, yeah. This is like, what's this? What's... Huh? There's a guardian. They're like, what is this for? I'm here. I got my little, like, stuff Going for the home. afterlife. Right. You got your little packet of the afterlife stuff. Right. Okay. The walking stick. My walking stick. So what would that be on the chart? I guess that's a... a staff. Uh, sounds good to me. I like a staff or a club. Okay. So I got my walking stick. All right. I'm a halfling. You, we, well, you could roll percentages to see what... Maybe maybe they'll give you the warrior... Oh, because I am going to the afterlife. Right. So you want, you're going to be in... You know, All right. You're helping a what's-her-name. Or what's the good mother, the halfling mother? Well, let's roll this. Do I have a weapon? Or is okay. it just a stick, right? Because okay. it could be... All right. So do I have a weapon for the afterlife? Yes. yes. Court roll percentages. Exclamation point. Twelve. You have a s small sword and spear. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Okay. So for, you want to figure out how many hit points you have? Yes, I do. So halfling has one to six hit. You have two. Two. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, and uh, how dare you kill me? I'm going to kill myself. You had one to four dogs sometimes, but they're not with you. Cause oh. You didn't. Did you want to bring your dog well, to let's die? Roll. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I didn't know about that. Halflings encountered in their lair will have from one to four dogs, and Jack just came in. Right. Treat them as wild dogs for judicial purposes for halflings. Am I bringing my pet dog right. with me to the afterlife? Because he could be venerable too. Right. It's probably old. No. You said stay. Jack, you stay with the family. This you don't... is sad. <laughs> this is this is horrible. These halflings. What kind of religion is this? <laughs> okay. So did we determine if they are tall fellows, stouts, or they're just normal hair foots? Okay. Are they normal hair foots? Yes, yes, that's absolutely. Okay. okay, which means I am three about three feet tall, right? Right. Okay. All right. Anything more about them? They're rare, though. They are rare. You're right. They are rare. Which is interesting. Are they more rare than... I think they're not as rare as gnomes. I mean, I know it's going to say rare, right? As okay. well. Yeah, I don't think they're very rare. No, I don't think they are either. Gnomes are just rare. Right. Okay. Um, All right, so they have ruddy complexion. This, what... Uh, their dress is usually colorful, but their trousers and coats or service will be gray. In this case, they're wearing loincloths. Okay. They speak the language of gnomes, goblins, and orcs. 150 years, life especially or more. So I've done pretty good. Yeah, you're really, you're really old. You lived a good life. It's time to move, go on to see the, the good mother, whatever her name is. And what's nice Yolanda, about... Yolanda, you want... What was her name? Oh, yeah. The one, the... Uh, oh, yeah. The nature one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's time to go see her. Right. And don't I get some benefits here in the Monster Manual that I don't get as a PC? 
I could have sworn. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's on uh, special attacks. I'm plus, well, I don't have it. I'm plus three with bow or sling. Not for PC, but for NPCs, which is kind of nice. Right. Um, lawful good, probably. Very intelligent. That's interesting. Very intelligent. Do halflings get an intelligence bonus? Uh, no. No, unnormally uh, in the game? No. Yeah. Well, that's not right. Gnomes are very intelligent. You know that? They should get a bonus, too. Uh, intelligent compared to who? Yeah, but that's what it's saying. It's very, which means, you know what the average is? No. Oh, it's only 11 to 12. That should be plus one. Right. Else. Well, this is for monsters only, like they said. No, I understand. Well, I know, but still. But their I... intelligence is very. That's, that's kind of what they're... Why they're very intelligent. They're not stupid. Elves are high and up. They should get like plus two on their rolls. Well, they get plus one. They do get plus one. Okay. In, as a PC. Okay. All right. So I'm a halfling. So first we're going to see if you get surprised. Okay. Now they surprise in a one and four. That's right. And in natural terrain, they must be treated as invisible if they, if they have any form of vegetation to which to conceal themselves. This is great. Wait a second. I'm just going to go right on by you. You're going you're gonna to try does that mean I'm the champ? No. Because I'm jumping in a volcano. Right. Okay. But you're invisible up to the temple. Temple doesn't have vegetation. You're trying to get into the temple and kill yourself. Right. right. So you're invisible up to there. Then I'm... So he, Wait. He am I going to the temple or am I going to the volcano? Well, you have to go through the temple to go to the oh, volcano. Oh, that's the access point. Right. Got well, it. that's what you guys think. Right. Got it. You guys have never... That, no one goes to the sacred temple unless you're passing on to the new world, to the new life. Right. Okay. Before, it's forbidden. Okay. No one's ever gone there. No one knows what it's about. They just have a strange man there. Okay. All right. So have you watched we... any of these movies where the villagers are never curious except the one curious child and then they venture? Oh, it's like a children's book. Right. The story of the curious halfling. <laughs> it writes itself. That oh. could be our tournament module. Okay. All right. So I'm heading to the temple. Well, actually, I thought, I thought the adventure would be, what, well, what's his name? Do you have Bobo. your thing? Do you have your thing with the character name? No. You have your sheet with the random, no. like the magic. The reason I'm bringing this up is this ties into what we're talking about later. He's taking some of his possessions. What's happening to the rest of his possessions? And what right. is the legal system well, he's here? he's very intelligent. He's taking care of that. Okay, so we're just assuming that. No, I'm sure. Okay, very good. All right, so he's invisible up till he gets to the thing, uh, up till he gets to the temple, and he, have, he surprises on a one and four. So I have to see. Now let's see. You still get, can be surprised on a one and two. Oh, I rolled a four, so I'm surprised. For four rounds. Four segments. For four segments. Now, but you may be surprised as well. You're I am not. Ah, so I see. All right. So you're surprised. For four segments. You have, you can move at your full rate. Which I'm is... running through your legs to the door. You're gonna, you're is there a door behind you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm like running through your legs to you the door. You get an opportunity. Well, of course, I'm surprised. You wouldn't get an opportunity. Wait, so you're not even moving. Correct. Oh, I don't even think you're anything then. Right. I just think you're a statue. Right. You walk right past me. I just walk right past you. Yep. And then before I realize it... Uh, I'm at the door, I assume. Am I yeah, at the door? Yeah, it was an entranceway. It's not even a door. It's just an entranceway. Oh, okay. I assume the stone guardian, the stone golem is standing there, and you just walk right past him. Sounds like this adventure's over. Right, and you walk in. <laughs> That's it. Now, uh, does he... Ch does, after 20 seconds, are you whistling your... T maybe you're... Si are, you, are you singing a sacred uh, end-of-life Right, hymn? right. Oh, that's... Yes! I swear... Go into the temple. Throw myself in. Yes. I'm coming to you. Uh, what's her name, yo? I got to get it. Yeah, I got her name here somewhere. I'm coming. I'm coming home. 
I'm coming to see you, Dad. That's right. Oh, hey, Jack. No, I'm just sitting. I'm coming right back, Jack. All right. That's right. I would probably be going to see, uh, let's say, let's say, well, just roll. I'll tell you who you worship. Give me a one, two, three, E4. E4, that makes it easy. Three. Ah. Kriolali. Kriolali, the faithful. The deity of friendship and trust, as well as the protector. Of course. Of course. So she, yes. All this right. is so halfling. Your character, your guy, just walked obliviously past one of the most lethal fight monsters and just walked by like oh, it was of nothing. Of course, because the faithful is with me. Right. She's with me. Okay. Being right. committed to dying, it makes your life a lot simpler. Okay. Her followers are largely regular halflings, mm -hmm. zero level characters. Exactly. Worship service are okay. All right. So yeah. now you've walked in. Now we'll see if there's a random encounter inside the temple. Oh, you're right. So you're like, what's, what's the random? It's like one in eight. What's the random encounter chance? Well, it's one in six, typically. Okay. Because you're walking past the temple. Yeah. Two. Nope. Okay. So you got through the temple, and now you're moving towards the volcano. Now we have to see if there's a random encounter. I assume, with so many villagers killing themselves, I would assume at some point the monsters in the area are like, oh, this is free food. Well, that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's sort of like geckos, like hang out by lights. Right. Because they know there's going to be moths. Right, exactly. So I'm a moth. That's right. Moth to the flame. That's what this picture is. Yes. No. No. So, Matt, this is it. That's, you just, what do you, how, how would you like to jump so off? So I'm at the, I'm at the edge of the volcano. You're like, it's Mount Doom, except you're a golem now. Okay. Well, I'm going to pray. Okay. Do you want to do a divine intervention? Sure. Ninety-nine. Wow, that's she almost came. <laughs> she almost came to push you over. <laughs> Get on with it. You're taking too long. All right. So, what is the uh, what is the amount of damage? Is there lava damage? Well, how high is? We have to figure out how high the drop. To move. You climbed up the mountain. Yeah. You're going to the top of Mount right. Doom, and now you're dropping. Looking down. Right. So, first, you. I assume it's at least two hundred feet. Mm -hmm. So you're doing 20d6 damage for falling. Mm -hmm. And then you are burning in lava. Right. Oh, and while I'm thinking about this. You have how many points? Two? Oh, no, nothing's coming. Nothing. I have two hit points. Well, yeah. you've done your ritual, right? You're completely oblivious. Mm -hmm. And now you're doing a swan head yes. dive into yeah. So you take 20d6 damage. And then um, whatever damage the lava does when you hit the lava. Okay. You're going to roll 20 times, really? One, six. He's dead. Seven, nine, twelve. Okay. All so right. roughly 70 points of damage from the fall. And then the question is, which is a good question, how much does the lava do? So we'd have to look at a monster. Like uh, there is in Fiend Folio, isn't there lava men in the Fiend Folio? Probably. I feel like something. Lava. That was terrible. Let's see. Lava children. The lava children. Doesn't. I don't know if they throw sling lava, do they? No. They're just lava children. Oh, but you know, it's like, like normal fires. Uh, certainly not normal fires. 
Yeah. I'm dead. Yes. Well, I would say it's pr- at least the same, uh, twice the damage you would take from burning oil, right? Because that's even worse. Burning oil is like two to 12. Okay, but this is what I would like to say. Mm-hmm. You're not dead. Your character's dead. The character's yeah. dead. Yeah, but I think you fulfilled I, your mission. I think the stone golem. I think the stone golem's done. He, he lost. Right. He pre- he, he didn't prevent the he, thing from happening. It happened off right by him. Right. So we have to need we need two new monsters. He's done. He's done. All right. He didn't fulfill his mission. Both both won and lost. Correct. That's it. Thus, new monsters. It's a sad. It's a technicality, but you know what? When you enter the arena, sometimes it doesn't work out. I'm with you. Well, that's true. They did open for the mosquitoes on McGilligan's Island. That's exactly right. Who did? The Lava Children. The Lava Children. That's a great name of a band. The Lava Children. All right. Okay. So the next thing we are going to do is Antique Roadshow. Artifact Roadshow. Oh, my goodness. Not the Antique Roadshow. What? What is that? What are you talking about? I don't know. They're very similar. This is, they stole our idea. Right. This is the segment of the show. Where I present an item to right. James that I hope is an artifact. And of some considerable worth. And that's what I'm hoping. And James, without use of an identification spell, is going to try to identify just based upon the information I provide him. And he'll also provide a gold piece value. Insure and or sell an auction. Exactly. Hello. Hello. Welcome to... Are you going to come up here, Mr. Bigglesworth? Jack. Come here. Good boy. You I... see an old human lady. Oh, hold you. Oh, well, welcome. And she's got a little... Here's my therapy dog, if you'd like to pet the therapy dog. Of course. She has a little black box you can strap. Oh, hey, that's dangerous. Well, welcome to Artifact Roadshow. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Ah, what brings you to, uh, to the, the hut? Great evil. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Great evil. That's terrible. What great evil are you talking about? And what she, she has, it, it, it had been wrapped. The in box? A cloth. Okay. Yeah, yeah in, a, in, a, in a cloth, in a box, in a box. And oh, she's so. opened up and she says, well, um, I fear that I have come into possession of great evil. Evil! Oh, well, tell me how you came to this, uh, become possession of this great evil. So this was passed down from my Grandfather. So your father, grandfather was evil. Very evil. Uh-huh. So my grandfather, I was told, was a half orc. Ooh. And now I am an eighth orc. Correct. And my my dungeon master says that means I have to be a half orc. I say that's not true because I'm only an eighth. But that's right. a different right. discussion. Okay. So I, I, if you didn't say anything, you, I wouldn't have known. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. So, except, how old are you? You're like twenty-seven. Yes, <laughs> that's the only problem. Twenty-eight. So, 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 I come from a long line of orcs, priests. Oh, very religious family of, of orcs. No, just he was the only. Just him. Ah, oh, he was yeah. the only orc. He was the only one. The black sheep of the family. He was. And so he was, so he had, this device came from him, was passed down, came to me, and I know it's evil. It has to be evil because he was just, he was terrible. Mm. He was a, he was a priest and he 
always, always... Was disciplining the acolytes? Yes, and always engaging in evil actions. He would wear this, and it would seem like any time he even thought about doing something good, he would then think better of it and do the exact opposite, evil. He thought good, and then that became better, and then he went to the best, which was evil. That's the way he, and he never did anything nice. And he okay. was always wearing this, and we felt for sure that this item had somehow corrupted his soul or spirit, I guess. Was he, he was a good person before. before this? He, well, well, he wasn't as evil. Well, now that you mention it, he was always sort of evil. Oh. That's true. But then this, but once he started wearing this, this, the evil really went off the scale. Well, he was a very religious man, as you could see, and he okay. worshipped Bagtru. Oh, Bagtru. And his goal in life was to... be to, as stupid as Bagtru? Well, that's what we told him. We, that's right. what we would say. Why do right. you want to be stupid like him? But he said, no, no, no. He wanted to be, he wanted to make sure mm. that he upon death, would go and be with Bagtru, and he always wanted to be completely in line with Bagtru and his philosophy. Okay. Uh, and so it was single-minded with him. It's like he's obsessed with wanting to be like Bagtru, and so he would consistently then always change what he was going to do, because we thought he maybe had in him a little bit of good somewhere. Like Darth Vader. That's what we think, mm -hmm. yes. But he's tr he was Darth Vader without the or, Anakin. Or like Tony Castelli uh, or whoever. <laughs> that movie's, you know. Darth Scarface? Vader. That's number two. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking oh. at a Saturday Night Fever. Oh, that's right. Staying alive. Staying, alive. Staying evil. Staying alive. Come, keep up. That's a, Keep up with the number Stay, one That was a great now. live album, Stay, Stay, <laughs> Stay Evil. That was great. Stay Evil. Right. <laughs> By the Lava Children. So uh, he was always a bit evil, but he seemed to, in having this device on, would, would invariably take the evil path. Right, when in, there was no choice. It was evil or more evil. Well, he seemed to think about it, and then he would make the choice of evil. So does it look like a wrapping that you put on your arms? He would wear it around on his head. Oh, his head? He thought it was hilarious. We told him he was wearing it wrong. Uh. He would strap this on his head, and a little black box would be on his head. Ah, I see. And it was strapped around. I don't know how to put the thing on. Ah, okay. I put it on and it's done nothing. Right. For so it has. So it's a small little box, and then there is a strap around. It. That is correct. Right. And he put it on his head. He did. Okay. Well, I, also people could put it on their arms. Is what I understand. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So you Maybe he was wearing it wrong. But I've I've, I've heard both. But he did worship back true. Right. <laughs> five, very bright. Five intelligence. So, um, yes. Well, these. Uh, this is a very malevolent. Uh, this is meant for uh, this device. There are different versions of it, but this one is meant to help uh, worshippers of evil deities oh be, be more evil. So yeah. you're exactly right. Oh, so I so so I shouldn't. So you should sell it, and make lots of money, and give the it evil. To, well, the cosmic, as as a neutral person, I think you should sell it, take money from evil people, and then give it to good people, or or plant some trees with it. Ah, okay. Well, thank so. So this is. I think it's a phylactery of evil deeds or phylactery of, I don't know what we used to call malicious intense. I forgot what it was called, but some version of phylactery of something. And um, yeah, it's a, it's clerics love that kind of thing. And I would say it's probably worth 15,000 gold pieces. Whoa, that's a lot of trees you can buy if you're neutral, unless you're evil. Now, if I want to destroy it, how would I, do I have to go to a volcano or something? Uh, like that? I've heard there's a volcano in the Whitehead uh, ocean that 
uh, athletes throw themselves off of, and that would be very appropriate. Um, but you could also fall from a five foot, uh, five or feet more or more repeatedly, and eventually it'll, it'll, it'll break. Well, I appreciate. Thank you very much. So, uh, so just put it. You know, stand on top on a chair and just keep dropping it, and eventually it'll. Okay, well, 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 thank you very much. Um, and how much do I insure this for? Um, well, if you're not trying to destroy it, you're going to sell it, then I would, I would insure it for its full value of 15000 Thank you very much. Okay. Well, you know, not bad. Okay, some yes, some no. Some I'll yes, give you a good ding. Like a little bit of each. <laughs> so you are correct, sir. That is a phylactery of faithfulness, faithfulness. is what it is. Okay. Can be used only by a cleric. And I didn't know if there was two different versions of it. There are multiple phylacteries. There's one of faithfulness, one of long years, and one, um, this one doesn't sound good, monstrous attention. That sounds yeah. terrible, doesn't it? So here is a phylactery of faithfulness. There is no means to determine what function this device performs until it is worn. The wearer of a phylactery of faithfulness will be aware of any action or item which will adversely affect his or her alignment and standing with his or her deity prior to performing the action or becoming associated with such an item. Hmm. If a prior moment is taken to contemplate the action, the phylactery must be worn normally by the cleric, of course. So this is a very interesting item for me. So basically, if you're looking to make sure that you... The Jiminy Cricket uh, thing. What's that? Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio, the conscience, yeah. your thing saying, oh, I don't, wouldn't do that. Exactly right. So this is going to help increase the chance that you're going to go to the plane of your choosing. Right. And I would say if you followed it and if you did performance ratings, if you did, if you use it regularly, I would give you a bonus to your performance rating. Indeed. Without question. Right. So basically, so if I wore this, so this is, yeah, you get to cheat with the uh, scores basically. Because if I'm wearing this thing, if I'm about to do an action, the DM is going to give me a heads up. Right. So the flattery is like, oh, wait, is the flattery the pain in the butt DM actually? Is right. It actually, is, am I going to throw this thing off and not want to use it? Well, then you'll be, then you would be, lose a level and you'd be banished by your deity. But it's so like every time I'm doing something, that's, that's a pain. So like, I want to do X. It's like, no. Well, that's only if you consult it, it will tell you, right? Oh, you got to think about it. That's right. So... It, right, and the DM's not going to let me say, oh, I consult it every time. They don't let right. us, like, no, you got to tell me when you're checking the traps. Right. So, okay. Wow, that's really the long game, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a stupid thing. It doesn't even do anything cool. But it would, not cool in a game, but it would in real life, because right. it's going to make sure that you ascend to... To whatever place you'd like to go. So, so, so my granddad was smart, right? Because mm -hmm. we wore this thing, mm -hmm. and back to his I'm like, yeah, you're... Right. But you know what's interesting about it is, should you really be able to go to that plane simply because some device told you what to do? Yes. Okay. Sounds good to me. So there it is. The uh, how much is it worth? Oh. Hang on. He was about to say, I think you overstayed. It's like seven grand. Yeah, I was going to say, now it's because it doesn't do anything cool. Um, You'd like to reduce the... Yeah, I thought, I thought it like gave you some power, not just nonsense. So I was... 7,500. Okay, so I was double. See, in the real world, though, right. that'd be useful. Yes. I think I read this and it came from, they would, uh, it had like, you know. Scrolls, it had scripture in it. Yeah, so and you would, so you. you the Hebrews even, would have it, the yeah. Hebrew priests, yeah. So you know what you're doing. Well, it's to remind you. You get remind you, yeah. Of the thing. Okay. Yes, but I, I guess it could be worn on the head, so I thought it was on, on the armbands. I did read, I did, I just did Google images 
and people had it on their heads. Yeah. There you go. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Because that's a little more awkward. Like a headlamp. Right. Yeah. Uh, everyone, see, everyone's showing up now. Everyone's took, everyone got it up late today. Okay. Uh, there you go. So, uh, David Thompson, the Chamberlain of Australia, it, it gets his approval. He likes it. He likes it. Yeah. Okay. Because he... Uh, um, basically, you know, it keeps them in line. So there you go. Okay. I thought it did more. I knew it was a phylactery, but I was, I didn't, I don't remember. It's, I, what was the other one's faithfulness? Well, what was, well, one, speaking of aging, one yeah. was longevity. Yeah. See, that one's a good one. Again, but again, only if you care about, if you're going to play your character to old age. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved.